Hello and welcome to another MyTunes podcast right here at manxradio.com. Mark Tiley, the nation station, Manx Radio. Another week on MyTunes with me, Mark Tiley, and my guest all this week, Anthony Balverman, although you probably know him as Polly. Well, I do. Polly, <laughs> welcome to MyTunes. Hi, Mark. It's good to have you here. That, for, if you don't know this man, well, you haven't been around the sort of tighter edge of the Manx music scene, I would suggest. And maybe you haven't been in the Villa Marina and see just who's making it sound all good, because that's what he does Try. most of most <laughs> of the time. Uh, but I want to go right back to you, a, a small chap. When did you first get hold of an instrument? Uh, a musical instrument. Yeah, yes. Uh, a musical instrument. Uh, I'd have been, I was about 15 stroke 16. Okay, um, school days then. Yeah, sort of school days. Um, and um, we used to, grew up in Peel, and the an old band that we used to, all our mates were in, was called the Punters. And they decided to split up, and I always fancied being a drummer. And anyway, the bass player was selling their, his bass gear, Bobby. And uh, I ended up buying that. That was the start of my uh, musical endeavours. And it's been bass pretty much along the way. Yeah, all bass. Yeah, I've always fancied playing other instruments, but either never had the time or the skills, I suppose. Well, I don't hear you say that, you know, but I'm, I'm around musical circles. It's often been said that it's the bass player who gets the attraction of people who are lusting after that bass player. I mean, you know, the this, bass man. Yeah, this has happened in yeah. the past. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, in years gone by, it's it's yeah, it's caused a few uh, <laughs> yeah, a few problems, a I few mean, issues. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, people think it's the lead singer, lead guitarist. No, 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 it's the bass man. No, it's it's the driving force of any band, really. Yeah. And it's all about the attitude, and bass players seem to have the best attitude. So. It is. It's, I think also, <laughs> because generally speaking, you're only playing one note, generally speaking, one note at a time. You've got more time to enjoy the gig as well. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've, I mean, my background is punk, so I've got a sort of like quite a punkish attitude towards um, things. So whenever I was playing, I always play for myself. It was a good way for me to get my emotion out yeah. by, by playing the bass. Yeah, um, and on on a stage uh, with the adrenaline going, um, and I only ever did it for myself, and obviously the people that I was playing with, and if anybody wanted to come along for the ride and join in, brilliant. So you know, so be cool. it. The emergence of punk. I mean, I remember it so so well. I, I went to see the Damned pretty early on when mm. they when they burst on. I never saw the Sex Pistols live, but mm. I saw the Damned, and wow, as you say, energy raw. It was just. Unbelievable, relentless. Yeah, well, it it changed. I mean, I was still, I was still quite young. I'm uh, still quite young now. <laughs> um, but when you're when you're growing up, you listen to that. We were listening to like the Ten CC, Rubettes, Status Quo. You know those those sort of early days, and then all of a sudden, the punk thing came along, and it hit me like somebody had smashed a door in my face. Mm. Initially, it was the it was the music. I remember getting more into the the sort of what I call the real side of punk. And a few years ago, we were interviewed by a magazine called Distorted um, when we announced the American tour and the release of the Poison Hearts album. And they said, what is, what is punk to you? 
and I remember I, I, I said it's, it was about the music, but it wasn't about the music. It was about the establishment. It wasn't necessarily anti-establishment, but it was about questioning the establishment because, you know, the reality is, and we see it now, that if the establishment says something, the establishment is right, and it's not. Um, so you've, you've, you question it. Mm. And I think it's something that young young people don't do enough of these days. I think it has changed. Um, it certainly was more prevalent uh, at that onset of punk and for many years after. Yeah, yeah, without yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, there, there was politics brought into it. There was the old Maggie Thatcher sort of thing. And I mean, one of my heroes was Joe Strummer. He's got a very different political side than I have. I mean, most of them have, you know, I'm further to the right and most of them were, you know, further to the left. But for me, it wasn't about left or right. It was about there's good on both sides mm. and why we, you know, why we can't just sort of like funnel all of the good stuff and get rid of all of the rubbish um, out the side. We will talk a lot more about the Poison Hearts tomorrow. But for now, I want to hear this track because um, I do believe that when this lady came here, she dedicated it to you. Yeah. <laughs> So um, yeah, she played the uh, she played the villa be two years ago now. Three oh, years it ago must now. be three. Suzanne Vega, yeah, yeah. Suzanne Vega, and uh, I was talking to her and a guitarist beforehand. Jerry Leonard played with David Bowie and that. And uh, I asked her if she was playing this track, and she said, "Yeah." And Jerry says, "Why?" And I said to him, "I said, well, it came out in 1985, and it was a track that I was still sort of a." into the punk sort of side of things so i appreciated all the music but i sort of like kept it under the radar if you like so i had the album and that but this particular track uh, the queen and the soldier is quite a punk type of thing whereby the soldier declares undying loyalty and and devotion to his queen and at the very last minute the queen shuts the door in his face and you know, as though he's just, you know, just a a, a no meaning mm. to what he's doing, and that resonated with me um, an awful lot. And it's been a song that, you know, to get I play it every now and again. Well, let's have it now. Suzanne Vega, and this is Queen and the Soldier. Battles lost. 
battles won And I've got this intuition Says it's all for your fun And now will you tell me why? Well, the young queen, she fixed him With an arrogant eye She said you won't understand And you may as well not try But her face was a child And he thought she would cry But she closed herself up a fan And she said I've swallowed a secret burning thread It cuts me inside and often I've bled And he laid his hand on top of her head And he bowed her down to the ground tunes this week with Anthony at Polly, Paul Freeman, who's often seen getting the sound beautifully correct at the Villa Marina, <laughs> but he's also an excellent bass player. And uh, Polly, can we talk about the Poison Hearts? When did you start up with these guys? Well, we got the Poison Hearts together um, in the back end of 2006, um, a couple of us, and then we started recruiting various 
sort of bodies. Mark Sale on vocals. We had trouble with drummers, so we had various sort of drummers in and out of the Poison Hearts until uh, Steve Leach raised his... Well, Steve actually moved to the Isle of Man, like, and we think we'd recruited him while he was on the boat coming over, <laughs> to be honest with you. I'll just stop you there, because obviously I've mentioned on many guests, bass players and drummers have been on in that seat. The relationship you have with a drummer, if that's not right, it isn't going to work at all, is it? No, it's not. And I've worked with some great drummers. Probably only two drummers um, that I could say I'd lay my hat on, and one of them is Steve Leach, uh, and the other one is Brian Kinraid. When Steve came into the band, it's sort of like he, he, I don't think he knew really what he was getting himself in for, but um, it gelled. You know, yeah. it really, it really did gel. The album came out in two thousand and eight, and it coincided us with um, organising um, a tour of America with a band called the Lusties, mm-hmm. and it was called the Lustful Hearts tour. And about four or five weeks before we were due to go out to America, um, the Lustful, the Lusties imploded ah. um, because of various sort of rock and roll debauchery and drink and stuff like that the sort of guy who had actually set it up he was sort of quite he knew he knew a lot of people he he looked after the obama inauguration and stuff like that but we'd been talking to one of the guys who uh, played with marky ramon at the time and he said to us he said if you're going to go out and do this tour on your own and it was, I think it was about 14 or 15 dates down the east coast and he said you better take some henchmen with you and make sure that you've you've got guns he said i've done all of those whoa um, and just make sure that you are ready for trouble he said because there will be trouble and i think it was just one of those things it was like we don't you know we don't mm. need this um so the album came out the album had done quite well in america we'd actually got a tv appearance lined up for it as well so yeah it was a, a shame that that never happened but you know one thing led to another we did some great gigs and then we'd support the stranglers and my bass playing moment i think concluded my whole existence on a bass guitar concluded um, with support on the stranglers because jj Bennell came up to me afterwards and he said i tell you what polly he said that was some bass playing wow and i was From like john jack Bennell, yeah, that's all so, right isn't it that'll do but it never registered at the time it was only the day after and i thought did he really say that to me? Really <laughs> really um, yeah, no, that was brilliant. And then the Poison Hearts, you know, we carried on for a few years, but then we sort of like imploded, things changed, personal lives changed and so on and so forth, so it sort of all went uh, awry. But, um, but, 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 I think, I'm not going to tease this out because we'll talk about this a little later in the week. There yeah. may be a revival coming. There may be something. Thank you. <laughs> Let's have today's track, though. Well, we talked about punk at the beginning of the week. We don't get better than this. Yeah, this is um, by the almighty Sex Pistols. This is Whole Days in the Sun. It's a track that resonates me off off that album that we can't mention on air. And it's, it's one that I remember listening to uh, a great Chris Thomas interview um, who produced it. And he said, he said, you, the people who played on this he said you know it's it's just listen to it he said it's like the when it comes in it's just like the panzer division
It's time on this week of my tunes to talk to my guest about the day job. Anthony, Polly, Palfreman, mixer of sound, creator of wonder at the Villa Marina and the Gaiety. And, uh, well, well, thank you from all of us for the work you do down there, Polly. But, you know, just talk us through the day job. I mean, setting up with a band you may not have even met them before. And suddenly, you're, you're got, you've got control over everything. Uh, yeah, so it's a team effort yeah. at the end of the day. I mean, uh, it, but when you when you go to a gig down at the Ville, you don't realise how much effort goes into it. Um, I'll give you an example. Last week we did the um, definitely Oasis mm. um, guys. And prior to them coming over, we get a, a sort of like a, a technical spec. Now, they these guys, you know, good band. They are a tribute band, so the technical spec is a little bit riot in places. And then we got the uh, heads up that they weren't coming over um, early. They were coming over on the Ben McCree in their van, um, so they wouldn't arrive at the venue until about half past six. Um, on the night of the show? On the night of the show. Whoa. The doors are open at half past seven, and they're due to go on at half past eight. So, I mean, th and this does happen quite a lot. It happened with the Inspiral Carpets a couple of years ago with us. Um, so we get in there early. We were in there about 12 o'clock. We set a projector screen up. They have monitors, so you're a dedicated monitor engineer on stage. So we'd set that all up. Uh, we'd set all of the channels up. Um, tested all the channels so the reality is that we gave ourselves a big head start so when they walked in it's you know, set their gear up let's get some stage levels and that sort of thing and then do a quick sound check it was a quick sound check so I then went into the gig up front of house to mix it for everybody that was in there 80% confident yeah that's what I do because at the end of the day that room is a terrible room when it's empty Yes. Um, it's yeah. changes dramatically once the floor's full of people. It does. It does, but sometimes not for the best. <laughs> so where I have to be at this moment until we get some reinvestment in the place is that I have to sort of like get to about 80% and then the first couple of songs just fine tune it. Mm. I don't have to worry about the stage sound because I've got a monitor engineer um, doing that for me. And he he or she is looking after what the band can hear. Yeah. So okay. a monitor engineer, it's, it's probably the hardest job you know in the house really because at the end of the day if you can get um, and i love being a monitor engineer if you can get um get a band happy with their stage sound they don't have to think about that so they can just concentrate on the performance and then my job at front of house is to make sure that everybody in there is getting what they should be getting I think sometimes, you, I, I remember the, the virtual small earthquakes created by Gary Newman when he came over a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, the sound of that band, and uh, particularly in the bass end, yeah, yeah. I thought the place was going to come down. I mean, that must be what he wanted. He wanted that sort of sound. Yeah, so the Ghost Nation tour that he did, <laughs> yeah. it was 
all about the apocalyptic sort of feel. And, and it did. And there's nothing better to get apocalyptic <laughs> feel than, than um, all the sub and, and, yeah. and bass and it like, but, you know, it was, it was great. It was an awesome so, night. Yeah, yeah. It, it was. was really it was, was an absolutely yeah. awesome night. So. I mean, sometimes, I'm guessing, on some of the bigger bands, they bring people uh, with them to do their own mixing, yeah. and then you just sort of set it up and help them and then yeah, absolutely. sit to one side. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're great from the point of view that they know exactly what they're doing with the band because they're doing it all the time mm. if they're using our system the front of house engineer will have his own desk so we'd sit that in front of our desk he would give me um, a feed from his desk and we would feed it then into our system mm. my job then is to actually make sure that i'm providing the sound within the building of the feel that he's wants that come is coming off his desk right that sometimes can be sort of like quite challenging most of visiting engineers these days are are good some of them a little bit edgy and yeah. stuff like that yeah. so you know it's Let's have this third track of the week. Oh, any excuse to get a bit of Big Country in, uh, Polly. Love this. I love this band. Yeah, Big Country. I never saw Big Country. Um, never got the opportunity. Um, I never got the opportunity to see the, the previous incarnation, which were the Skids. But I did get to see the Skids a couple of years ago down at the Albert Hall. Absolutely amazing. And this track is something that resonates from a time in my life where I'd lost somebody who was very, very important to me. And just prior to to the track coming out, I'd lost uh, my little girl as well. And Ships is, for me, quite selfish mm. um, because it's it's a little bit about me. Okay. Um, which is probably very very unfair to you know the people that you know it relates to so. well let's have it and uh, it is big country it is ships look at him now another used man wearing the pass and up his dignity with all the courage that he can he stood in the storm Carved out in stone He said I wore my honesty With pride in everything I've done So where were you When my ship went down Where were you When I rang you to ground Where were you When I turned it around Where were you When they burned
If you were listening closely to the uh, earlier editions of my tunes, you'd have heard my guest, Anthony, Polly, Pomfreman and me, uh, suggest that maybe the Poison Hearts might be coming back for another bite of the big old cherry of punk. There's a <laughs> <laughs> Come on, what's going on? There's a, um, yeah, so this this started like a few months ago and you get this, this strange message on Facebook, or oh, do you fancy doing the Poison Hearts again? And it's like, you know, you'd wait a couple of days and somebody would go, yeah, okay, and, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, anyway, there seems to be a consensus that if we can get our acts together, we might play a few gigs. Good. Um, so. so what will what will the line-up be in this, this incarnation? So... Um, you on the bass, obviously. Yeah. So me, um, me on the bass, Steve Holsell on guitar, Steve Leach on drums, uh, Mark Sale on vocals. I've not heard from the other guitarists yet, but I'm fairly certain that we'll yeah. be, we'll be, yeah. I did bump into Steve uh, a couple of days ago where we were out on, I bumped into him, funnily enough, on, on the new Ramsey Pier. Or the, oh, bits of um, it. Yeah, bits of it, yeah, <laughs> which is an extremely impressive it's beautiful, uh, isn't piece it? of it's absolutely you know, beautiful work, restoration work that the guys yeah. are doing up there. And I bumped into Steve and I said, uh, this would be a good place for a Poison Hearts gig, wouldn't it? <laughs> he said, no, no, uh, it's too out in the open. We you couldn't, we wouldn't be able to swear. <laughs> and I said, well, we're too old for swearing. And he just looked at me and went, no, we're not. 
<laughs> no, we're not. I thought you were going to say is that the problem is half the audience should be fish because when, well, you, when you're playing on a pier, who you get? Well, you get a few well, people, a lot of fish. It, yeah, exactly. But it's a bit, it would be a great venue, especially if it got you know if we were looking at it. If it got finished and it was a pub on the end, it yeah, would be brilliant. nice. You mentioned that the American tour didn't happen, but and, and it sounded like a probably good job it didn't. It could have been pretty hairy by what yeah. you were saying about the yeah. the uh, be prepared for anything. You did take the band off the island, though, didn't you? No. Never did. I no. thought you did. I thought you played in Liverpool. No, no. We, we were going to play. Ah, um, okay. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it, thing, that was the thing with the Poison Arts. We always seemed to destroy things. Um, <laughs> we we were booked to play Rebellion Festival. That was uh, it. And the band imploded. Ah, um, okay. We tried to sort of like carry it on a little bit further down the line. Um, and that sort of like didn't really work. The boys carried on. I, I didn't play um, for a couple of years um, when they were doing, they did a few gigs. They played with Slade, uh, supported Slade and that, and I, didn't, I never played with them. It's been a few years. Mark's been very busy. I mean, Mark, Mark's been playing in, in, he's got a quite a big following in Germany and that sort of yeah. thing, and he's been out there. Yeah. Um, all the other boys have been busy. Steve plays in about 500 different bands at the same time. Um, and I've been extremely busy and extremely focused on what I'm doing, um, you know, away from the band on the mix sort of side of yeah. things, logistics sort of because side of things. Because I mean, our dear, dear departed friend Anglin was a freelance engineer, mm. and after he passed away, you you've taken over a lot of his work, but you're full time at the villa now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm employed by the establishment. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> which I still question. Punk uh, bass player works for establishment. Ooh. Yeah, no, it doesn't resonate very well, but <laughs> it's one of those things that I can carry my values forward and, and you know, be pragmatic about a lot of different things. Like, And I, I still do ask the questions and I still push people yeah. and I still annoy people. Um, well, that's what it's about. That's, well, that's the way of getting things done. We wouldn't so. have it any other way. Again, this track, I remember getting it into the radio station where I was at the time, put it on at 45, played it and thought, I'm just never going to stop playing this. I'm just delighted you've chosen something by the Ruts. Tell me about this. I think if you talk to any of my musical friends, this would, this would be my uh, signature tune. Uh, it's the one that I absolutely love playing the bass line on the bass. And if I pick up a bass, it's generally one thing that I will play, even if I'm just messing about. <laughs> uh, and it's the Ruts, and it's called Babylon's Burning. Polly, it's been a great week. Thank you for coming Cheers, in man. on my tunes. Here's to the Poison Hearts. Come on, get it together. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank yeah. you. There's a possibility. Thank you. <laughs> You're burning the streets You're burning the ghetto 
and Babylon's burning waterway to finish this particular My Tunes with Anthony Polly Polfriman. Thank you, sir. Cracking week as ever. And don't forget to keep coming back here to banksradio.com for more podcasts. They're popping up all the time. And join me when you can, 9.30 to 12, for the morning show, Monday to Friday on Manx Radio.